this is John Hartar, and welcome to a special series of episodes of Valleys of Numenor. After going over the chronology of Conan the Barbarian as written by Robert E. Howard, what actually is the story of the King of Aquilonia? We'll take a look at what the Nemedian Chronicles may have had to say about the unlikely monarch, how he rose from a barbaric tribe in the north to ruler of the mightiest kingdom of the Hyborian Age. We'll also mention some of the other stories and people that may be documented elsewhere, but the Chronicles are unsure of their origins. The part of the Nemedian Chronicles on Conan of Chimera begins as such. Know, O prince, that between the time the oceans drank Atlantis and the gleaming cities of Thuria and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of when shining kingdoms spread across the world like blue mantles beneath the stars. Nemedia the bold, Ophir with its opulent riches, Brythunia with its people full of music and joy, cold, mountainous Hyperborea, Zamora with its dark-haired women and towers of spider-haunted mystery, Zingaru with its chivalry, turbulent Koth that bordered on the pastoral lands of Shem, Stygia with its shadow-guarded tombs, Turan and its desert warriors, and Hyrcania, whose riders wore gold and silk and steel. But the proudest kingdom of the world was Aquilonia, reigning supreme in the dreaming west. Hither came Conan the Chimerian, black-haired, sullen-eyed with sword in hand, a thief, a reaver, a wanderer, a slayer with gigantic melancholies and gigantic mirths to tread the jeweled thrones of the earth under his sandaled feet. Little has survived from this era in terms of work with attributed authorship. One of the few is from the poet Ronaldo and a song done to commemorate the king's homeland, Cameria. I remember the dark woods marking slopes of somber hills, the gray clouds leaden everlasting arch, the dusky streams that flowed without a sound and the lone winds that whispered down the passes. Hills upon hills, vista on vista marching, slope beyond slope, each dark with sullen trees. Our gaunt land lay so when a man climbed up a rugged peak and gazed, his shaded eyes saw but the endless vista, hills upon hills, slope beyond slope, each hooded like its brothers. It was a gloomy land that seemed to hold all the winds and clouds and dreams that shun the sun, with bare boughs rattling in the lonesome winds and dark woodlands brooding over all, not even lighted by the rare dim sun which made squat shadows out of men. They called it Chimeria land of darkness and deep night. It was so long ago and far away, I have forgotten the very name men call me. The axe and the flint-tipped spear are like a dream, and hunts and wars are shadows. I recall only the stillness of that somber land, the clouds that piled forever on the hills, the dimness of the everlasting woods, Cameria, land of darkness and the night. O oh, soul of mine, born out of the shadowed hills to clouds and winds and ghosts that shun the sun, 
How many deaths shall serve to break at last this heritage which wraps me in the gray apparel of ghosts? I search my heart and find Chimeria, land of darkness and night. Conan was born during a raid by Vanner warriors on his village. His mother was forced to flee their home and ended up giving birth on the battlefield itself. Her father came to the village from a southern Chimerian tribe, forced to flee due to a blood feud. Before his northern travels, unlike many other Chimerians, he wandered the lands of the Hyborian Age far and wide, bequeathing this trait to his grandson. Conan's father was a blacksmith. One writing has his name as Corin. His particular talent was the creation of swords, and warriors came far and wide to sample his wares. Conan spent his youth helping his father in his forge, building him into a strong young man. When he wasn't working, he was out hunting panthers in the mountains with a spear, climbing sheer cliffs with his bare hands and feet. By the time he reached 15 snows, he was as tall as many of the older warriors in the tribe. His strength became legendary among them. He was even said to have broken the neck of a wild bull using just his powerful arms. This led him to be invited to sit in the council fires and take part in raids with them. His name was repeated often as they marked their victories. Rarely did any of the other kingdoms encroach on Chimeria's lands. The one time Aquilonia did so was the settlement of Venarium. They built a fort and created a town inside it. The people who came were unprepared for conditions there and tried to impose their ways on the Chimerians. One night, a horde of warriors stormed the fort, climbing over the walls and destroyed the entire outpost, down to women and children. Conan was among that horde. Sometime later, the wanderlust his grandfather passed down to him got the better of the young man, and Conan set out on his own. Meeting a band of Acer warriors, he more enjoyed their way of living and went off with them. Much like the Chimerians, the Vanner were longtime enemies of the Aesir, and their battles were many. During a battle near the Vanaheim border, the two rivals met and nearly all were killed. Conan was among the last survivors, along with the famed warrior, red-bearded Heimdall. The young man slew his adversary, but was left gravely wounded and disappeared from the battlefield. A group of Acer found him later far away and grasping a piece of gossamer cloth unlike any had ever seen. The Chimerian is said to have met the children of Emir the Frost Giant, his two towering sons, and his ethereally beautiful yet conniving daughter Atali. But since Conan was alone and nothing but his footprints were in the snow, they dismissed it as merely visions, but none could explain the cloth. Buoyed by their victory over their enemies, the Aesir turned their attention to Asgard's other border and the kingdom of Hyperborea. But a raid on a border city ended in disaster with most of them slaughtered and the survivors taken captive, Conan among them. He spent a year with them, their treatment of him poisoning his mind against them for the rest of his days. There is little record of his time in captivity. There are tales of his working at a mill during the day, pushing a grindstone from sunup to sundown. At night, they forced him into their gladiator pits where he honed his skills he learned fighting among the Aesir. But whatever the truth is, he managed to escape from them and head south. There is a legend about his discovery of the ancient sword of coal in a cave while escaping from wolves, but there is nothing in the chronicles to confirm this is true. 
He reached the cities of Brythonia, and like the Aesir, he find their way of living more to his liking. He also grew to enjoy their women, different as they were from the ones in his tribe. But being a former captive left him little in the way of fortune. He met a Nemedian merchant who said he could help if he traveled with him to their capital city of Numalia. Having nothing else in his name but the clothes on his back, he agreed and headed south once more. In Namalia, he met with a young nobleman, Astraeus Petanius, who wanted him to steal an item from the temple of Callion Publico. Conan arrived at the temple at night, but found Publico dead. A watchman discovered him and brought the authorities in. During the investigation, interest began to be centered on a gift to the priest Calanthes from an unlikely source, the Stygian wizard Toth Amon. Conan named Petanius as his employer, but when the noble was brought in, he feigned ignorance. The Chimerian seized the dagger and killed him and several others in the room. Before he departed, it is said Conan looked into the bowl and left the temple immediately. To this day, no one has been able to tell exactly what he saw, but many thought the Stygian was involved. From the media, Conan headed east towards the country of Zamora. It was a very dangerous place whose names reflected this reality. Cities such as Shadazar the Wicked and the City of Thieves, which some call Arangen, are just two of them. Despite having not much success as a thief, the Chimerian heard of great treasures in Zamora, especially the one kept in a place known as the Tower of the Elephant. Conan made his way to the highly guarded tower and encountered the famous thief Taurus of Nemedia, second only to Shevetus in the number of tales that have arisen around his prowess. He and the young Chimerian made it past the lions in the yard unmolested, then were able to scale the walls of the tower. The great thief, however, was killed by a giant spider in the high tower room, which the barbarian smashed after a pitched battle with a treasure chest. Conan reportedly learned the secret of the tower and confronted the priest Yara within. The Chimerian escaped and the tower was destroyed. To the end of his days, the barbarian never spoke of what he found inside, there is a legend which would show the tower was rightly named, and its fabled jewel was used to free a trapped soul. Such shows the character of one civilized people call a barbarian. Despite coming away from the tower empty-handed, the skills Conan learned from just a few hours with Taurus served him well. Soon the rich and wealthy in Zamora feared the night, because their fortune was not safe from the new specter that haunted the country. Eventually, the leaders of Zamora raised an army to hunt down the menace. After many failures, they finally trapped Conan in the mountains, but the Chimerian's wily traps caught them off guard and many were unable to continue. One mercenary, a gunderman named Nestor, tracked down the Chimerian and battled him, but the barbarian got away. The mercenary chased him to an abandoned city where the two battled a monster and discovered a huge cache of riches. The treasure was kept in a hall of statues. When Conan and Nestor started to take the loot, the statues came to life and attacked them. The two made their way out of the city with little of the treasure. Realizing their partnership could bear further fruit, the two continued their pillaging in the frontiers between Zamora and Carinthia. Their exploits attracted the attention of the master thief Shevetus. Having heard their story of treasure in a hidden city, he set out to find the lost horde of Kuchemis, but he never returned. 
Conan and Nestor next set their sights on the priests of Anu, who were corruptly stealing from the people. But they were betrayed by a woman of ill repute they had taken up with. She warned the priests of their plan, so when the two came to the temple, they were trapped. Conan escaped, but Nestor was captured, brutally tortured, and hung right outside the temple. The Chimerian waited in hiding. Then when he saw the head priest was alone, he entered the temple and beheaded him. He returned to his woman after drinking heavily in honor of his friend, but she had warned the authorities he was coming. They sprung upon him, and he ended up unable to battle in his drunken state. In prison, he was visited by a nobleman, Marillo, who wanted the Chimerian to take out another holy man, the red priest, Nabonidus. He arranged for Conan's release, but plans went awry when the bribed jailer was arrested. Conan made his own way out by breaking the skull of the new jailer with a bone. Before heading to the priest's house, he went back to his old abode and the woman who was there with her new man. Conan killed the young soldier, took the wench, and threw her out of a window, where she fell right into a noxious cesspool. Conan made his way into the house and found Marillo there, who'd come after finding out the jailer had been caught. They saw the red priest walking through the halls and caught sight of him. The priest was a beast. But in a smaller room, they found a man with bruises on his skull. That man, in truth, was Nabonidus. The being in his robes was Thak, a man ape from the mountains of Zamora that the priest raised from a cub. The dwelling was a madhouse of bizarre contraptions, and the only way out was by using levers in the room where Thak was. They distracted the beast, and Conan leapt on his back, and the two fought a pitched battle that the future king spoke of for the rest of his life. The barbarian's dagger finally found Thak's heart, and the Chimerian paid him honor. Nabonidus went to escape, but Conan killed him with a thrown chair to the head. The two survivors left the house and made their way out of the city, never to return. Tiring of civilization, Conan decided to make a return home to Chimeria, but the call of adventure would soon overtake him once more. Here ends the section of the Chronicles of Conan's time in Zamora. The tales described in this section of the Chronicles are fully told in the stories The Frost Giant's Daughter, The God in the Bowl, Tower of the Elephant, and Rogues in the House. There is a lost story dealing with the events in the Hall of the Dead, but others have told the full tale, and the Chronicler told of Conan's birth and youth in other writings. In the next section of the Nemedian Chronicles that deal with Conan, the Chimerian becomes a soldier and pirate as he travels the Hyborian world far and wide. He also meets many fascinating women, but none more so than the one who captured his spirit like no other save Queen Zenobia. One so entrancing and enveloping, her name could not be repeated in his presence, Baylit. That's next time on Valleys of Numenor. Thank you for listening. See you next time.